Big news on the PGA Tour with Ricky Fowler leaving Titleist, not playing Pro V's anymore, and moving to play TaylorMade TP5 or TP5X, which got me thinking, how do you choose a golf ball? What's the most important features in your golf ball? And does it matter? Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Everyone, thank you for joining me. Appreciate it. Always appreciate hanging out with you and talking golf. So thank you for being here, the Data Access Golf podcast. Yeah, so kind of big news. I, I got to admit, I was a little surprised by this one. I have always seen Ricky Fowler as a Titleist guy. When he went to Cobra, I was a little shocked. And not, not with the whole Puma thing. That seems to fit his image quite well. But Cobra, for sure, they didn't seem to be... When he went with Cobra... Cobra was not an equipment brand I was too impressed with at the time. They're definitely more impressive now than they were when Ricky decided to go with them. They've come a long way. Yeah, so this was a weird one for me. Um, It turns out, just kind of reading over it and and reading through it, the kind of the history behind it is Ricky Fowler was paired up with Dustin Johnson and played Dustin Johnson's, I don't know if it was a TP5 or a TP5X, but... Whatever it was, he played with Dustin Johnson and during the Ryder Cup and got to like the ball a little bit. And so when his uh, contract was up with Titleist, and I think Titleist probably took Ricky Fowler a little for granted, maybe, just because he had been a Titleist guy his entire life, his whole competitive life anyway. And so Ricky went out looking, reached out to TaylorMade. They came out to his home club and and worked with him, and Ricky Fowler was impressed enough where he switched. A couple things that he said about it is, one, he noticed some distance gains with the TP5X ball, which I thought was interesting, right? So he is actually picking up, he set up to a club on his iron shots, which for you and me, I mean, he swings the club obviously faster than we do, so I don't know if it's necessarily we would see pick up that much of an improvement, uh, but we pick up a little bit, maybe half that with our swing speeds. So definitely something to look at. But the thing that probably impressed me most, or at least got my interest the most, and you've heard this a lot over the course of the last two or three years about golf ball technologies. And again, I love this idea of using science and data and, and wind testing for, I mean, you see Ping came out with, with their new driver yesterday and talked about wind resistance. They're studying that. You see Cobra's new driver's got that ugly little thing on the bottom that's supposed to reduce drag so you can swing it faster. So all of that stuff is super cool, way interesting. And and it's just science, right? It's just based on data, which is kind of what we're all about here at Data Access Call. So I love all of it. I think it's fantastic. But the thing that, that got me and was very interesting to me, this conversation of how a ball performs in the wind. And If you play in an area where there is a lot of wind, this becomes very important. There's a couple courses around here and definitely down in southern Utah where wind is a problem. 
where you're playing into the wind a lot. And so you're constantly trying to figure out how much more club you need to hit to get it into the wind and how much you have to back off when you're going, you know, downwind. And if the, if it's going to knock it down, you know, is it going to send it screaming past the green? What are you going to do and adjust? So wind has always been a big part of thinking your way around a golf course. So to talk about a ball that now has less drag and basically cuts through the wind. And, and the TP5 isn't the only ball that's said to perform really well in the wind. The Titleist claims they've made some gains as far as that goes. I've, I've heard a lot of good things about the Chrome Softball, that it performs very well in the wind. And some of the Cirxon balls, I haven't really heard a lot about Bridgestone's B330 balls, but I would assume that if Tiger Woods is playing with it, that it's got to perform pretty well in the wind as well. I don't think that Tiger Woods would look the other way on balls that performed better in the, in the wind. So I'm assuming that all balls have made some improvement here. But is one ball better than any other ball in the wind? And to uh, Ricky Fowler, he claims that, yeah, that he made this switch because it was performing better for him. Now he's being paid by TaylorMade, he will now be playing their ball and wearing their glove. And I, I do like their gloves. I think that they have great gloves, but I don't find their gloves to be any much better than Titleist. Everybody's got their preferences. So what is your preference with a golf ball? I have played, I played Titleist for a long time and then got really interested in this idea when you could order a custom number. And so Titleist didn't allow me to order order a custom number. And I play a number 78. Well, that became the most important thing to me. I wanted to play a golf ball where I could play a 78. And so my total, uh, I switched golf balls because a tailor-made came out with a, a Penta ball. And we have a, a local pro in our club that's on tailor-made staff. So he gave us some to go out and play with. And I liked it. It seemed to perform really well. And I could get the custom 78 number on it. And uh, that's my wife's birthday. And it's the only way I can remember my wife's birthday. So yeah, note to everybody who's listening to this podcast. If you have a hard time remembering your wife's birthday, make it your golf ball number. It's really a great way to do it. So now when somebody asks me, you know, what's your wife's birthday? I just picture my golf ball in my head and I know that it's boom. It's, you know, seven, eight, right? I never forget it now. Whereas before I put 78 on my golf balls, I had no idea. Couldn't remember it to save my life. Now with the 78, I, I, I look like I'm, I'm brilliant. I can remember my wife's birthday in, a, in half a second, but that's because I've been staring at 78s for the last, the last five years. But anyway, so that's why I made the switch to the Apenta TP ball. It's because I could get a custom number on it. I, I played it for a while and then TaylorMade went away from giving me custom numbers and they changed their ball up a little bit. And so I, I moved to my buddy Thane started playing Bridgestones and uh, he said they were great. So I bought a couple dozen of Bridgestone 330s and played those for a while and they were fine. I had no issue with them. And then we have a, a couple guys on staff there at the club that are on, on Callaway. Chrome Softs came out, so we started playing Chrome Softs. Those were great. But then Titleist came back out and said you could get a custom number, and so I switched right back to Titleist, started playing Pro V1s again with a 78, and I was happy. So I've been basically playing 
Pro V1 since with a 78. But I, I got to say, if I find a, a, a tailor-made premium ball or a, a Strixon or whatever, I'll just, you know, I'll throw that ball down and play it. You know, I, I keep my new balls for when it's kind of important. But if I'm just out there with the guys, I'll play any one of these balls. And it doesn't seem to really matter that much to me. I did always find it somewhat um, funny that, that Bridgestone used to claim that they were the number one ball fitter in golf, which I don't know if they continue to claim that anymore. It always seems to be there's, there's something cool. And I don't want to, you know, rip on, I'm bringing up Bridgestone's site right now. I don't want to rip on Bridge. I mean, Japanese companies at all, because I love Japan. I think Japan is is a wonderful place. I lived there for a few years. I speak their language. I love their culture. I hate sushi, but that's, you know, other than that, I'm, I'm not a fish guy, but I love Japan. I love everything about Japan. I love how golf crazy they are in Japan. I love that they have their own equipment. For years, I used to buy forged versions of clubs from Japan because we just had cast here. So you could get forged versions of a lot of different clubs they didn't offer here in the States, like Volke wedges. I mean, Volke wedges, you know, a lot of them are cast. Well, you could get, if it's not forged in Japan, they're not selling it. Nobody's buying anything that's not forged in Japan. So the American companies here just had to do forged versions. What they do is just partner up with companies in Japan and create forged versions of their designs for the Japanese market. And then you could just go ahead and you know, when you're over there, buy forged versions of your favorite clubs and, and play forged versions. Now, I, I used to think that you had to play forged. You know, the data has kind of shown that performance-wise and everything else-wise, if you blindfold somebody and have them hit a cast club and a forged club, very few people can tell the difference. And that's just the data. I know that the forged guys are going to freak out there. And I was a forged guy. I play forged clubs now. But if you told me I had to play cast for the rest of my life, I, I whatever. I wouldn't really care. I wouldn't think that it was that big of a deal. So, uh-oh, looks like my mic is a little high here. I'm going to turn that down a little bit. So I apologize if I'm blowing people's ears out. I've adjusted it down. So hopefully that's better. Anyway, so I, I love the Japanese and stuff, but the Japanese have this, I don't know, they have this thing in their head where they believe that they have to be number one at something, right? If you're a company, you have to figure out something that you're number one at. And so what uh, the Japanese, what Bridgestone did was came out and started fitting everybody into their golf ball and saying that they were the number one ball fitter in golf. Now, now they've got Tiger Woods playing their golf ball. I don't think that they need some sort of silly little slogan like that. But, um, but that was theirs for a while, and I always thought that was entertaining. I don't know if, if anybody's ever done one of their ball fittings. They basically just fit you for your driver, and um, that, is not, that is not the best way to do it. So on their website now, if you go to their golf ball, you know, BridgestoneGolf.com, I can't see on here where they're the number one fitter in golf balls anymore. Um, they just basically have a live video of Tiger working out and using the golf ball, which is a much better way to go. Brilliant. So they don't have to say, come up with a ridiculous slogan because they've got Tiger Woods now on staff. So that's great. So anyway, a golf ball needs to perform from the driver all the way down. I think Titleist used to do a much better job at fitting you for a golf ball because they would start with the putter and then they'd work their way back out. And the last thing you did was hit drivers with it. 
which seems to be the way to go. And there, there is some difference when you're around the green, and that's really when I notice off the putter face makes the most difference for me. I don't know how everybody else feels about it, but that's where if you've got a very hard covered ball or a premium golf ball, you can really tell a dif- difference off the putter. You can really, you can tell a difference around the green, but I can't really tell that much of a difference off the face of a driver. There's just not that much feel there. And now we've got drivers that are hollow and hot and you can, they, they sound different, but as far as performance goes and far as feeling it off the face, I don't see where there's much of a difference. So for, I, I'm interested, how do you choose a golf ball? For, for me, I got to tell you, when I was playing the Bridgestone 330, I hated the way the dimple pattern looked. So I quit playing it. And then I started playing Chrome Soft and they would only do, they would do the custom number, but they would only do it in blue. And I didn't really like that. So I was done with that. And so I went back to Titleist Pro V1s. They give me the, they give me the ability to do a red number 78, which I love. And that was good enough for me. And I, I also like having the ability to have an alignment line on your golf ball. I like that as well. And, and so Titleist provides me with that. That's what's most important. I've got a 78. It feels good off the putter. And, um, and it's got an alignment line and I can do a red 78. So there's are my boxes. That's what it checked off. And that's why I'm happy with the Titleist Pro V. What makes you happy with your ball? I, I got to say, now I'm somewhat interested in this whole idea of playing a golf ball that's better in the wind. Maybe not playing it every single day. But if I happen to find, and if the data proves that there is a golf ball out there that is better into the wind, and I would have to see how it was downwind as well, but if there is a golf ball out there that is better into the wind, I would consider playing that ball, say it is a a tailor-made TP5X or whatever, I would consider playing that ball if I was going to be playing in windy conditions. I can see myself making the adjustment for something like that, but on a a calm day, I don't know where it's going to make that big of a difference with any of these premium balls. So we'd love to hear your comments about that. None of us are getting paid to play any of these balls or any of our equipment. So I find that we amateurs seem to do a much better job of choosing the equipment that works best for us because there's nothing, there's really nothing in it for us other than shooting well and playing well and feeling good out there. Anyway, what, what, what do you use to choose your golf ball? I would really be interested to know. So dataaccessgolf at gmail.com is a, a good place. Send me an email. I'd love to have this discussion and go further with you and more in depth with you. Or you can leave comments down in the podcast. Uh, whatever you choose, make sure that you've got the data to back it up. Make sure that you have preferences and that you stick with those preferences. It doesn't matter what they are. Let me know. Always remember, better data means better golf. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com and we'll see you on the next episode.